Hi, I'm Carol Bertani and you're very welcome to my podcast, Behind the Series. I consider myself a big TV series fan and I've always been intrigued by the steps involved in their production. So that's why I've decided to create this podcast, to delve into this topic from a new, different perspective. In every episode, we will set out on a journey to reveal the most interesting and surprising behind-the-scenes facts involved in the production of some of the best TV series. We will unveil some mind-blowing oddities the producers and authors came up with in the making of their work, or else the very same oddities that made their TV series real blockbusters. So grab yourself a drink and a snack because our adventure to the behind the scenes of television shows is about to start. What TV series comes to mind when I say Chemistry, New Mexico and Blue Myth? Of course, I'm talking about the worldwide phenomenon Breaking Bad. For those who don't know, this TV series tells the story of a chemistry teacher called Walter White, interpreted by Brian Cranston, who has lung cancer and who decides to team up with his former student Jesse Pinkman, interpreted by Aaron Paul, to cook high-grade methamphetamine in order to leave his family financially secure after his death. Nevertheless, this idea starts to bring him progressively down to a dark path that puts himself and his family in danger. Breaking Bad was created by Vince Gilligan, an American showrunner, writer, producer and director who also produced The X-Files and Better Call Saul. Mark Johnson and Michelle McLaurin were also executive producers of the show. Despite all its success, this TV series almost never got made. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Gilligan decided to pitch his idea to Sony Pictures Television, who seemed very interested in producing it, but who also was filming Weeds at the same time, which was already about drug trade and production. Gilligan's idea was also rejected by HBO, Showtime and TNT. Gilligan actually described his meeting with HBO as the worst meeting I've ever had. The woman we were pitching to could not have been less interested. So I'd say that's a real nightmare for a producer. He then pitched his idea to FX, who liked the idea, but then preferred to produce Dirt, based on the character of Lucy Spiller, who is the editor of Glossy Tabloid magazine, who manipulates the lives of many celebrities. So Gilligan's agent then spoke to Jeremy Ellis, the director of original programming for AMC, who wanted more original shows for the network. So they liked the pitch and a year later Sony set up the rights with AMC and the production could finally start. But things didn't go smoothly at the beginning because AMC wanted a star as the main character to start off the series. And they were particularly interested in either Matthew Broderick or John Kozak. In fact, AMC executive told The Hollywood Reporter that they associated Brian Cranston to Malcolm in the Middle. And they asked Gilligan then if he could find someone else. But Gilligan was convinced that Cranston was the best choice. In an interview, Gilligan said that he worked with Cranston before on The X-Files and he defined him as a chameleon actor who could do almost anything, so drama and comedy together. The idea of Gilligan with this TV series was to reflect the impact of crime, meth and drugs in general on the lives of American people and families. 
in their production they had to put in a little bit of comedy that feels like a cool breeze among all the drama of the TV series. You are listening to Behind the Series Podcast with Cara Albertani. What interested Gilligan was concentrating on one character, taking a good man and turning him into a bad guy. In an interview, he said that television historically exists in a stasis world. For example, when you watch Bart Simpson, he is always the same. He never grows, he never improves. And it's helpful for the success of the show that the character never changes because it's always likable. What excited Gilligan was the idea of going against that trend and create a character designed to change. So create a finite show instead of an infinite one, where the character is always the same. He never knew how long he wanted to go, maybe two or three seasons, but he never shared it with the studio because studios need more episodes to monetize the show. But then they ended up producing five seasons. The show recreates a conflicted drama, and not only in the show but also in the viewer, everyone should ask themselves, do I like the character? Do I dislike the character? Am I supposed to like it? Cranston calls it a beautiful thing in an ugly way. Walter White has to give the viewers a reason to like him and a reason to excuse him for all the bad things he is doing. So in the first episode we see his condition. He's turning grey and 50, he's gaining weight, he's a high school teacher but students are never interested in chemistry. We learn that his friends stole his idea to open a big chemistry company. He has a second job in a car wash but he dislikes it, uh, but he needs it because he has a son that needs special care and there is also a baby on the way. So all these things add up and Jesse is the hook, that poor guy who wants to do something right for his family. And a big turning point for him is when other people want to pay for his cures. That's where his ego emerges, he wants to do it by himself, so he starts to change. He's an existential hero, he creates himself a new life. Plus, he decides to create his own character, naming himself Heisenberg and shaving his head, although in season two doctors said that he is recovering from cancer. That's because with that Heisenberg mask, he feels powerful. He's embracing who he is and celebrates him. He needs him and he has to need him and that changes his life. Another turning point for Walter White was the last episode of season two. In this episode, we see how far Walter can go. In fact, he watches Jesse's girlfriend Jane, interpreted by Kristen Ritter, choke in her sleep, and he does nothing to help her. Nevertheless, this scene underwent a few changes before being filmed. At first, Gilligan wanted Walt himself to kill the girl by injecting her a hot dose of heroin and make it look like she killed herself. But the network didn't like this idea because it would have made Walter White look too evil too soon. So they decided that instead he had to push her on her back on purpose to make her choke in her sleep. But the final version was different again. Walter shakes Jesse, who is sleeping after he and Jane took some heroin, and by shaking him, Jane falls on her back and she starts gagging. Walter impulsively wants to help her, but by the time he goes around the bed and reaches her side, he realizes that she is blackmailing him and starts thinking what to do. And at this very moment, 
he realizes that he has become a bad person. And it is one of the most dramatic moments of the episode. So this moment sets Walter White down to a truly dark path. It's a scene that also stuck with the actor Brian Cranston long after the cameras stopped rolling. Gilligan said, I think this true as much as we can. And yet it's funny the things we don't think about. Because for my money, what takes the cake for being an evil moment was that scene. This was a young girl who did nothing, in my opinion, to deserve that awful fate. Walter standing passively by letting it happen felt more monstrous in a way. Whether or not it's more shocking, it feels more monstrous. As far as Jesse Pinkman is concerned, Gilligan reveals that the character wasn't supposed to survive season one. At first, he only served the main purpose of introducing Walter White to the meth world. So after that, Jesse wouldn't be needed anymore, and the idea then in season two would be that Walter White would have gone seek revenge for him. But Gilligan changed his mind and he explains that he was in the writer's studio writing the pilot by himself and some writers and actors joined him and gave him more ideas that eventually brought him to change Jesse's fate. In fact, Gilligan said that when he saw Aaron Paul acting, he saw him making Jesse alive, more interesting and more authentic. Plus, the character is never the same. He changes too. And in season three, in the episode called Peekaboo, he kind of takes care of a child that, that has to live with his addicted parents and becomes more conscious of the power that drug has on people and on family. So that makes him think and change. Behind the Series Podcast with Chiara Albertani. Let's now talk about some curiosities about the show. Have you ever wondered if the chemistry showed in the show is real? Well, I can tell you that a professor of organic chemistry, Donna Nelson from University of Oklahoma, checked and provided dialogue for the series. She drew chemical structures and wrote chemical equations which were used as props. She was an advisor also for electrical engineering and physics. She helped to make those complex science concepts understandable to everyone. That's because Walter White was teaching chemistry to high school students. Gilligan also revealed that to make science right, they consulted chemists from Drug Enforcement Administration based outside Dallas. And nevertheless, the goal of the series isn't to be a science education show. The goal is to make the show popular. And so there is always going to be some creative license taken because they want to make the show interesting to people. Moreover, Walter White's boss at the car wash is actually a chemist in real life. He is Dr. Marius Tan and he is the intelligent materials design lead in the Argonne National Laboratory Applied Materials Division. Always talking about science, you might have also wondered what actually is the blue meth shown in the episodes. In reality, pure meth wouldn't be blue at all. So what are those blue crystals? Well, it is actually candies from a shop in Albuquerque, which now has a line of manufactured goods inspired by the show. And ever since Breaking Bad's monumental success, actual meth dealers started adding blue dye to their crystal 
in an effort to increase sales. The idea was in fact to brand their product. However, the effect was not quite the same as Heisenberg's. In fact, the blue dye was doing nothing to increase the quality of the meth. It was actually making users sick. And the title of the last episode of season 5 is very clever. It is spelled F-E-L-I-N-A, which isn't only the anagram for finale, but has a deeper meaning. F-E is iron, L-I is lithium, and N-A is sodium. That correspond iron to blood, lithium to meth, and sodium to tears. So this has a deeper meaning than just chemical elements. And if we talk about the actors, the actor Aaron Paul had a concussion while filming a scene where he was fighting with the character Tuco. A fight scene between Jesse and Tuco turned serious when Cruz, the actor, ended up accidentally knocking Paul unconscious. Paul said, and I quote, Tuco takes Jesse and he throws him through the screen door outside. And if you watch it back, you'll notice that my head gets caught inside the wooden screen door and it flips me around and lands me on my stomach. And the door splinters into a million pieces. Raymond just thought that I was acting, so he continued kicking me in the side and picked me up over his shoulder and threw me against the house. But in reality, I was pretty much unconscious. I kept pleading to him, saying stop. The next thing I knew, I guess I blacked out and I woke up to a flashlight in my eyes and it was our medic. And then I hopped up, acting like nothing wrong but I appeared like I was drunk and I kept saying, let's finish the scene. But then my eyes started swelling shut, so they took me to the hospital. Just another fun day to the set of Breaking Bad, I'd say. There aren't a lot of comedy moments in Breaking Bad, but Spooge being squashed by an ATM certainly fits into the dark comedy category in season 3. In the episode Peekaboo, Jesse goes to Spooge's house to take back the money and the substances that Spooge took from him. And Spooge had previously taken an ATM machine from a convenience store and brought it home. And as he tries to get the money out of the machine so he can repay Jesse, he begins to argue with his wife and she becomes enraged and pushes the ATM onto her husband's head, smashing him. And the scene took a lot of preparation and a stunt double to pull off. And that's how, and that's how the actor that interpreted Spooge describes it. I had a stunt double, but for my part they had that ATM rigged up on some kind of pulley system with these ropes and sandbags under it. They had me get under there and showed me how far it could fall and how the sandbags and pulleys would stop it so that they wouldn't actually squash my head. And it's still scaring me to think about it. And then they have the stunt guy coming in and that guy, from what I remembered, they had to hollow out a part of the floor so that when the ATM fell, he could pull his head back into the floor. So that is an extreme and intense moment to watch and I think to act as well. Another interesting aspect of Breaking Bad is 
color because color is very important and it took a lot of preparation meetings with the production and costume designers and not that every color has a specific meaning but the idea is that characters are undergoing change and colors change in the tv series wants to represent that Skylar wears blue at the beginning but then she starts to wear green when she helps Walter in his work and then Walter himself changes colors for example at first he keeps wearing those brown jumpers but then he gradually begins to wear green and then season after season the palette change as well wanting to represent the changes that the character go through. So the central question on Breaking Bad is this. What makes a man bad? His actions, his motives or his conscious decisions to be a bad person? So what we see in Breaking Bad is a person who started as one type of human and decides to become something different. And as we said, that's because this is television. The audience is placed in the curious position of continuing to root for an individual who's no longer good. And the main character has actively become evil, but we still want him to succeed. So I think these are very good questions. So what makes someone evil? His actions, his motives or both? And these are very good questions that I think require good time to think about them. And well, this is the end of this episode. So make sure that you come back for the second one where we will go behind the scenes of another TV series. Thank you for listening to Behind the Series podcast.